0: It's good to to worship and just lean in together to who God is, and if you are new or maybe just joining us for the first time, um, I know it takes courage coming to a new place, and so we're just thrilled to have you here, and I hope that um, like many who might be sitting around you you could just begin to find this to be a family of God, that you could kind of put some roots down and begin to, to grow in relationship, connection one to another, one with Him. And uh, you picked a great night to be here as we launch into a new series for the spring in the Gospel of John. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the Gospel of John, or again, if you have the app, you can open up to Sermon Notes and you can click on that, all the stuff's in there that we'll be walking through tonight. And a, a few extra things that I put in there for you to look at this week That might encourage you because I'm going to ask you to reflect back on the passage we're looking at tonight because it's an amazing uh, reality of what's here. So if you're kind of being around elements for a while, you know we can kind of teach in a series format. What might be a topical series that we're looking at what the scripture has to say about that. It's always from the Bible, and occasionally we'll walk through books of the Bible, and that's what we're getting ready to start and jump into in the Gospel of John. We won't walk through every single verse, but we're going to take the next probably 13 weeks, which I know for some of you is like, whoa, that's long. It is long. Um, but we're going to kind of journey through this gospel and, and see what Jesus has to say to us for our here and now and for or how do we live out this gospel message that Gabe kind of talked about, these songs that we sing about, and how do we find our story uh, in God's story, in the story of Jesus. And so just as we're there, uh, each gospel writer, so there's four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're just accounts of Jesus' life his death, his resurrection, and they're trying to come from a certain angle to communicate things. So Matthew we looked at a few years ago, if you've been around here for a while, like this is the fourth gospel in the eighth year. So most of you have no clue of that. I only know that because I have a sermon like Excel sheet for the last eight years, and so there you go. Uh, Now you're in the clue. Uh, So Matthew begins with Abraham, and he's showing Jesus came from Abraham's family. He has this long lineage of names. If you ever start in Matthew, you start reading all these names, and, and like sometimes you're like, I don't even know how to pronounce this name. Here's the trick, okay? You pronounce it really fast and move on. Um, and no one knows any different, okay? So that's just kind of what you do. But you gotta get lost there. And what Matthew's trying to say is, look, Jesus has this lineage all the way back to the family of Abraham and to the promise God made. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise. Mark uh, is a lot like um, some of you who who don't have time for introductions. Anyone, uh, when you read a book, you skip the introduction? You just start reading? That's Mark. It's kind of like the comic book version of of the Gospels in the sense he just dives right in. Jesus' ministry, here we go. Uh, That's his introduction. This is about Jesus. Ta-da! And off he goes into stories about Jesus and his life and his ministry, his teaching. Luke kind of begins with a review of the research method. How many of you are researchers in life, or you really enjoyed going to the library in college, yes, some of you, uh, you like Luke, because Luke has this research account, he says, look, I, I, I just want you to know, I've crossed the I's, I've dotted, the, you know, crossed the T's, dotted the I's, because he would do better than I would. Uh, and here's how you can believe Jesus is who he says, and, and John writes from this incredible perspective that's even broader and bigger and better than that, because he's writing about who Jesus is, and, and everything about Jesus from the very very beginning so we did a series called the gospel uh last month right i remember david kind of led us through this story of the gospel is like pre-creation like pre-before you got here pre-before anything got here like the gospel story finds its culmination in jesus and john writes about that And and he starts pointing people to Jesus to help them understand and to say, look, I want you to know about the deity and about the identity of who Jesus is, and he's so much bigger than what you think. In fact, he's going to list out all these credentials that kind of let us understand about Jesus a little bit more. Now, credentials are an important thing. Um, Credentials matter in a lot of ways. Some of you, you're at work, you have credentials at work. If you're an owner of a company, uh, like you have the ultimate credential because like you're the owner, you could go everywhere, you could look at every document, you could see everything, right? But if you're an employee, uh, you may not have that kind of clearance, and so your credentials are a little more limited, and you can only go certain places. I remember a few years back, I was traveling in Indiana, we were around Notre Dame, and i was like do you all remember the movie rudy i know i just dated myself i'm old okay so uh, like rudy was you know like filmed at notre dame and i was like i'm so close i just got to go see it right so drive over in the rental car i get there but i don't have any credentials right like there's no badge i don't i'm just i'm jack from arizona uh, and they're like you can look around but you can't go in the stadium or anything and i'm like oh okay fine so i find the tunnel where rudy was filmed and i'm like rudy was short like me it's awesome and i'm identifying having a rudy moment right there but There's a gate. I can't get anywhere and all that kind of stuff. And a couple years ago, we were in Nebraska with friends. And their cousin works at the University of Nebraska. And so we showed up. And she had credentials. Do you know where we got to go? Everywhere. Travis this is not about you okay <laughs> he's a university of nebraska husker okay so we got to go like everywhere we got to see the coach's office we got to go into the practice facility we got to go onto the field i was playing catch on the 50 yard line in the stadium empty stadium in nebraska with our family why because we were with someone who had credentials and what john's getting ready to write about is that jesus has the ultimate credential he he can do anything In fact he's done everything and you need to know that you travel with him as a follower of him you need to understand him for his greatness and who he is and what he's truly about that John has given a portrait of Jesus as the divine son who came to earth to reveal God the Father and to bring eternal life to all who believe in him in fact John writes later in the gospel account here's the reason I'm writing this book here's the reason I'm writing this account so if you want to memorize any verse we'll come back to it often John 20 verse 30 through 31 John writes here's the reason I'm writing this account now Jesus did many other signs in presence of the disciples which are not written in this book but these are written so that you may what believe these are written so that you may believe That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. and That by believing, meaning continuing to believe, you may have life in his name. He's the giver of life. And you will find your life in him, in his story. As you pledge your life to him. All what you're going to read, all what we're going to talk about is written that you may believe. He has an agenda. This is it. He's telling you what his agenda is. I want you to believe. I want you to understand that Jesus is so much bigger, so much better. And so he gives him the title, Son of God. He does that often throughout this book, but that's not the title he uses as he starts this book. He, he says, in the beginning was the Word, capital W, the Word. And he gives Jesus this title, the Word, which is Logos in Greek. It's it's this understanding that, see, a Jewish reader would have understood from the Old Testament, would have immediately clicked and understood the significance of this term. One theologian writes this, God's Word in the Old Testament is his creative utterance. The power in action fulfilling his purpose of what he speaks. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He dwelt among us. The word of God is at work. In fact, uh, one scholar kind of writes that uh, there's seven different takeaways in just the first 14 verses, that the word is eternal, personal, deity, creating, animating, revealing, and incarnate. We get the word incarnation, right? You've heard that word? That Jesus is fully God and fully man. That was something that the early church struggled to try to get their mind around a little bit, how, how do you be both? How can you kind of put this triune God, the God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, on display, how can you understand, how can you get your mind around that, that we worship one God, who is God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, three in one. Now, a, a simple little chemistry lesson that's helped me, maybe it's because I'm on a fourth grade level, but how many of you know what the chemical formula for water is? H2O, right? H2O is one, but it has three forms that it takes, right? Liquid water, steam, ice. All H2O. Three in one, this concept. Now listen, God is way bigger than you and way bigger than me, and, and this is a stretching concept. But the reality is John's writing to say, hey look, you, you need to get your mind around this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's John 1 1. What's really important is to understand that that is true. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Jesus is God. Now, if you ever have a Jehovah's Witness come to your house, look at John 1 1. Because their Bible says something different that the Word was a God, little g. No, no. Jesus wasn't a created being, He is creator. He is God. He's God in flesh come to put on display what God the Father's really like. If you want to know what God the Father's really like, look at God the Son. Listen to God the Spirit. That's how this triune Godhead works in union as one. And yet, the expressions in here. There might be a simplistic understanding, and I know that's a big concept. I don't have time to fully unpack. But John is one of the closest friends of Jesus, throughout the life of Jesus. And throughout his ministry as a disciple, he writes in this New Testament, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. He writes about Jesus and who he is, his character. He never recants, never renounces, never turns away from the truth of who Jesus is to John. And he's wanting you to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. He is way more than just a good miracle worker. He is way more than just a good humanitarian. He is way more than just a nice moral teacher. Jesus is more. Jesus is God. And he has come in the flesh to move God's story forward. And so what I'd like to do is to read John 1, 1 through 18. We normally don't read a giant passage of scripture like this or a big chunk, and if it helps you to listen, maybe just to close your eyes, unless you're really tired, then don't close your eyes. But if you just want to listen to these words then what John writes they're beautifully written and powerful of what he writes. So let's read together in the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness will never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about this light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony and John himself was not that light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into uh, the very world that he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not a physical birth resulting from human passion or a plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. I love what the message translation says. That verse says this, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. (laughs) So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the father's one and only son. is near to the Father's heart and He has revealed God to us. Here's my challenge to you this week. Go back and just read that. Think about it. Reflect on that. Jesus is way more than just a good moral teacher. He's way more than just a good humanitarian or a nice miracle worker who, who did a few healings there and there. Jesus is more, friends. And that's the beauty of who we follow and who we serve and who's inviting you into his story for you to find your story fulfilled in his as you surrender your life to him. I love this uh, verse three. He is the creator. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The New Testament portrays the son of God, Jesus, as the agent of creation. For all things were created through him and for him. Everything came into being through Christ and ultimately depends upon him. The Apostle Paul picks up this. You remember? Colossians 1. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. Jesus is not distant. He is closer than you think. He holds all things together. He's the source of all things created. He's the light, the life of all things. He has supremacy. If Jesus is so big and so much more, how do people miss him? Is we just miss it or we don't want to acknowledge it or we don't want to? Well, John kind of writes about that. He came to which it was his own. His own didn't recognize him. The darkness will not overcome this light, but people like the darkness. And they like to hide. They don't like the light. And he writes about that a little bit further. He says, verse 9, The true light that gives light to everyone coming into the world. He was in the world, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. How do you miss Jesus? Well, it happens all the time. You either miss him by choice because you, you like the darkness, and, and you like doing these things, and you like being, kind of leading your own life, and then the light shines, and you're like, ah, that's bright, I, I don't know if I want that, and so we, or, or we just miss him completely. It, it reminds me of kind of a modern day example. It's not on the same level of this story, but I don't know if you read in, in 2007, Joshua Bell, one of the world's premier violinist, had a sold-out show in Boston. Or in DC, sorry, District Columbia. And he's there, he sells out the the symphony show. uh, The the, the cheap seats were going for a hundred bucks. And all the way up. And he does this incredible performance. Well, the Washington Post actually paid him to stay around because they were doing an experiment to see if, if beauty would transcend the ordinary. are are people so busy that they miss the incredible that's happening right in front of them. And so one day, in January 12th, 2007, Joshua Bell goes to a DC metro station. And he stands right by a trash can by the main entrance that's going in and he begins to play Mozart and many other composers for the next 45 minutes to an hour. He takes a little violin out of a case, he throws a few dollars and a few cents in, kind of puts it out there as seed money, and for 45 minutes he plays. And as he's playing, people are bustling and going by. I think we have a little video that shows you that. And it's just this idea of everything that's transpiring. And for 45 minutes to an hour, a thousand plus people walk on by. What they didn't realize is this is Joshua, one of the greatest violinists on the planet, is playing 10 feet from them. People paid thousands and hundreds of dollars to be at his show three days earlier. Sold it out. And here he is, playing, 10 feet from them. In fact, he's playing a $3 million violin. 10 feet from them. And if the cheap seats are going for 100 bucks three days earlier, you want to know how much he made in 45 minutes? $30. And one of the greatest violinists on the planet was missed by everyone who was caught up in the ordinary or caught up in their own world transpiring and going and they did not even recognize. There's one lady at the end of that video who's like, wait a minute I was at your show and she's like touching him. (laughs) Like, it's really you. I was there and she recognized. John writes about this as he says in the very next verse, verse 12, but to all who believe in him, who accept him, Jesus, he gave the right to become a child of God. That's the beauty. As we're invited into the family of God through faith in Jesus, that if we would recognize this incredible God story that is in his son Jesus, that we could find life With God like now not just it's not a ticket you get when you go to heaven it's it's life with God here and now and on into eternity and we get to live life with God but to those who recognize to those who understand that you're now part of God's family forever that we get to become sons and daughters of Jesus the King it's an amazing reality he is the revealer of God. Verse 18, the very last verse of this kind of doxology that John writes, this prologue of his book. He says, "No one has ever seen God but the unique one, speaking of Jesus, who is himself God, Jesus' is deity again. He is fully God, fully man, he is near to the Father's heart, and He has revealed God to us." Do you want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. That's as simple and profound as it gets. Look at Jesus. This is what God is like because he is God. He made him known. In Greek, it's literally he is the explainer of God. He's explaining what God is really like and how he lives and how he teaches and what he has to say about uh, life. The Son is God's explainer. He came to this earth and lived among men to explain God to us with his words and by his person. No one can know God apart from Christ because he's God's explainer. He's the revealer of him. This mirrors verse 1 where he's given the title, the word, the expression of God, the communicator of God. Jesus is so much bigger and so much more than we think he is, friends. Uh, There's a couple things that uh, (coughs) I put in the sermon notes in the app there. I think I would love to encourage us as we begin this series in John to to think about who Jesus is. There's a, a spoken word that's in there that speaks about who Jesus is. There's a song uh, written by the Newsboys of what we believe. And and what we believe is so tied into the the deity, to the identity of Christ. This is what the church fought through, through Gnosticism and through people trying to cut up the Bible and the early scriptures and to say, no, no, it's not this, and and let confusion be about. And the church said, no, as we canonize the Bible, we gotta get people to know. That's why John wrote this to help you expand your understanding, my understanding of who Jesus really is. He's so much more that, you've heard of the Apostles' Creed. Uh, written in about the second century to, to, to talk about here's what the church stands to, and to say, look, this is what we're about. This is the explanation, the best we could put it as this creedal form to say this is what the scriptures are declaring about who Jesus is and who God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit is and the church and our role and the things about it. You maybe heard about the Nicene Creed. Written in 325 AD as they're defending against Gnosticism and how they're trying to corrupt and and, and pervert some of the scriptures and end up saying look no no Jesus is fully God and fully man he's not one but he's incarnate he's God with skin on so that we might see him and know God and be known by him he's the revealer the explainer of God and this understanding of all of who we have and what we have the Apostles Creed is one of the oldest statements of faith in the Christian Church Defines the core beliefs about God, Jesus, the church, salvation, theology. Helping us understand about where it is and who we have in Jesus. And so you might be here and maybe you're a person who you got invited by someone to come back to church and you're just kind of investigating the spiritual thing and, and, man, I can't think of a better time for you to take a journey for the next few weeks to just journey with us through this gospel of John. Because John's already told you what he's writing about and why he's writing it. That you might believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And maybe you've got questions, and that's okay. In fact, we want to be a place where people can question and people can struggle and people can search things out for themselves at their own pace. But God wants you to know him. That's why he sent himself, Jesus, to put him as the explainer. I I want you to see me, because I see you. And so, Jesus comes. And he's coming back, but it's his life and his death and his resurrection that paves a way for us to be known and have a right relationship with God. A relationship that's ongoing, continual learning, to understand, but all based in the faith of, Jesus, you did something for me that I could never do on my own. And so for some of you, maybe, what would it be like just to open your heart a little bit more to that? To maybe that being a reality that you can be invited into. For some of us, we've been walking with Jesus for a long time. And it's easy sometimes when you've been walking with someone for a long time, you kind of know about them a lot, But can we agree that there's a difference about knowing about someone and knowing someone? And maybe these next few weeks is a journey for you to invite yourself, to open your heart. To I don't want just to know facts about Jesus. I actually want to know him better. And that's what John's writing about. These are recorded, that you might believe in him, and by believing, continuing to believe, you would find life with him. You would know him, he would know you and you'd be known by him. And so that's the invitation to consider this. Maybe take ten minutes this week and read back through John 1. I want to read it again for us as we make our way to that. There's a, an encounter that's happening at a university in a lecture hall as an atheist scholar is debating a Christian scholar. And the atheist scholar starts off and he finds the blackboard behind him and he, he just writes in giant letters, God is nowhere. And he spends the next hour making his statement trying to defend his case for atheism and against God. And then the Christian scholar stands up for his rebuttal and he takes the eraser and he just creates a little room and says, no, no, God's not nowhere. God is now here." Friends, that is what John is saying. God's now here. He's here and he's for us. He's with us. And so, if it helps you, just listen to these words that John writes again. Ask the Spirit to to pause you and a phrase or a word as we create space now for communion as we worship in a song once again following that we have communion stations if you knew down front in the back there's gluten-free bread our crackers over here Invite you to come to the table as a follower of Jesus to say Jesus I want to just thank you again, and so listen to these words John writes What's the word? What's the phrase that the spirit might stop you on for you to meditate to be take a moment of just Thanksgiving? For all of who Jesus is and what he is to you In the beginning the word already existed The word was with God the word was God He existed in the beginning with God God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everyone or everything that was created. His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about that light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about it. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become a children of God. They are reborn, not from physical birth resulting from human passion or a plan, but a birth that comes from God. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about. Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one glorious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart, and he has revealed God to us. Spirit, would you stir our hearts? We thank you for Jesus. May we see him as bigger and better and more.